Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the man who just picked his mini fro out perfectly, Lavender Grooms. You know, it really hurts to comb out your hair when you haven't combed it in about two weeks, Bobby. You know, looks real, good though, Mike. You know, I Looking mean, even. I'm Mark, guessing that's what you go for in these things, right? I mean, Mark might be able to. Mark, Mark probably relates to this now because his hair is long. But when my hair was long and you try to comb out a knot, whoo, that shit sucked. Real unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, the, the the thing that's great and awesome about my hair now is that it's weird in that if I go a week or two without combing my hair, you know, like after I've curled it a bit. Like the more I don't comb it and sleep in it with my, my, my with my silk pillow sheets, it looks amazing. But when it finally times comes to like shampoo and condition, and then like actually like comb out the hair, oh, it fucking hurts. It is a process, and it's like I'm shedding like a Siamese cat. <laughs> Do no Siamese one says cats beauty shed was more? easy. That ain't no Siamese cat. Shed I don't more. know. I, I thought about a cat that has a lot of hair. They have a lot of hair, right? Siamese uh, cats. Sure. Let's go with that. Folks, this is Hair Talk um, with uh, Dr. Law and the boys. No, well, we're going to talk, folks. I mean, we're going to talk about a pay-per-view. I mean, well, a free pay-per-view um, from this past weekend. We got ourselves a new UFC light heavyweight champion. Who'd have thunk? And honestly, it was just, uh, we're talking about Glover Deshera. It was nice, I felt, because pretty much everybody was happy for him. But no one was, everybody was also like, Jan will be back. Jan's a good fighter, but like there was no negativity out of that thing. It was just, you know, a guy who worked hard as much as Glover. We'll get into that. We have a uh, interim bantamweight champion, um, the result that UFC was probably hoping for um, with Peter Jan winning. Corey Sandhagen, I thought, put up a, I mean, it was a very good fight, but it was clear that Jan, you know, deserved that win. Um, apparently, this is the era of the Dagestanis, round two, because... Mm-hmm. We got one. We got Kamzat picking, uh, picking the leech up, running him towards Dana White so he can talk to Dana White and tell Dana White to get off his phone and pay attention to his fight. We we got. I'm not kidding. That's what happened. And then we got Islam Makachev taking Dan Hooker in front of Khabib Nurmagomedov so Khabib can give him you know Kimura advice. So yeah, um, someone suggested we should call UFC call this UFC 268. You know, return of the Soviet Union. But didn't didn't some little people also fight in the stands? Didn't I see a video of that floating around? I mean, are you familiar? Was in the audience. Are you familiar with Hasbullah? Are you guys both familiar with Hasbullah? I know. I heard the name. I heard the name this weekend. Okay, well, it's like a meme because people thought this was a child before, but it's just a no. He's an adult, right? But he has some kind of. He's got. um, I don't know what the medical term is. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he looks like he's what? Like isn't it? Isn't it still called dwarfism? One. Is that the name of the It's like Pio. Oh, y'all ain't Dominican. Y'all have no idea who Pio no, is. No, I don't know. No, who okay, Pio I don't is, want to defend. I apologize if the terminology and correct my understanding was the medical term was some sort of dwarfism, but yeah, he's a small man. And, and there's another little person 
Mm -hmm. These guys, they were going to fight. Which, yeah, did they they ever fight? It's very (laughs) contrived and fake, but they were being separated at the fight. Um, I also, did you see this little uh, Siaz Bula throw hands at uh, 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 Rodrigo Noguera? (laughs) When he shook hands, he popped him in the mouth, and Rodrigo was like, what the fuck? (laughs) He was headbutting actual Habib when they were doing the little photos, and that was kind of cute. He's a cute cute guy. Yeah, I know. I mean, look. It's it's cute, but it's like when you remember this, this guy's probably like in his thirties. Is it that cute? Like, do you want to like, yo, Mark? Let's take a picture together. And I just like cutely like headbutt you. You know, you gonna do it back? Yeah. Well, look. Mike, I did see a video. I mean, look, is he being exploited? Is he part of it? I don't know. But I did see a video where whoever his like handler, handler is. guy is, yeah. or his, they went to an electronic store, and the gimmick was you have thirty minutes, whatever you can fit in this cart, we buy for you. So you know what, if you <laughs> if you want to exploit me a little Look, bit, but I get all the electronics Mike, I can throw into a cart, you know, I don't know. You got to people who used to watch wrestling. I mean, God, I remember King Kong Bundy flattened that it was it was King Kong Bundy and two little wrestlers against Big John Stud and two two little wrestlers, and King Kong Bundy squashed one of them like a bug. The crowd was horrified. It was objectively hilarious. Um, so, yeah. This is not new to get them in some sort of ring. Um, all right. Um, let's just fucking get into it. Mark. Yes, Glover sir. Teixeira and, and uh, Jan Bla- Blahovich. Respectful mm-hmm. all week. Because, quite frankly, who who doesn't like Glover? John Jones was so happy for Glover on Twitter afterwards, too. Like, um, But Glover went out there, took him down. And took care of business, I guess. I mean, that wasn't it wasn't immediate, but it was clear that was a big factor for him in this fight, the ground game. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I remember watching some. I think it was one of the embeddeds, and it was one of the press conferences before one of the interviewers asked, like Glover, like, I don't want you to like tell us your strategy, but I'm sure it is to like get him against the cage and take him down. So like, how are you going to do? And it's like that's exactly Glover's strategy, you know. And the stand up, standing up, you know. Obviously, I think we all thought Jan, you know, had a pretty good you know, advantage there. We've, we've seen the, the legendary Polish power. Interesting enough, you know, both their best punches are left hooks. Uh, but we definitely, you know, and we mentioned it in our picks last week that, you know, Glover's best chance was to get this on the ground and use his submission game, which, you know, we both felt, we all felt that he was vastly superior. And it was just his ability to get in a, a scenario where he was going to be able to take him down. And I think, uh, Bob, you agreed with me. We kind of thought like, well, I kind of think if Glover is going to get there, he's probably going to hit him with a strike that's going to, you know, drop Jan and that's how he'll be able to get to the ground to initiate this uh the submission game so it was really interesting to see him press the action get him up against the cage and complete a double leg takedown which I mean you know we've watched enough fights you know we've seen lots of you know fights end up in a double leg scenario against the cage we don't see a lot of guys complete it it's kind of a tough area to complete you know at a high level to complete those double legs it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot you know correct positioning and leverage to pick up a big man like Jan. Um, Glover did all those things, and I was really impressed in that moment when he was able to get the double leg. It was a little disappointing. The, the, the rest of the first round, Jan really just seemed to, to want to hold him down, kind of negate the whole round, let Glover get that first round. Um, and they kind of just stayed in guard. You know, I was glad the ref didn't stand him up. You know, Glover was still doing work. He was doing some decent ground and pound. He kept going for the old Mark Kerr neck crank, which I thought was nice. Yeah, I, uh, Jan was just kind of begging for a stand-up, I thought, a lot. With like, because he had the he had the ankle wraps on too, right? It was like he was trying. Was that was that Jan, right? He had the ankle wraps on for yeah, the fight. No, he did. Which was and he, kind of and, he, and he kept just closing the guard and trying to hold. 
And I want honestly when it's those in situations, I don't want to stop. I don't want I don't want I kind of don't like stand-ups, honestly. I get if no if someone's doing nothing. But if you're getting hit and your best hope is to get take the referee to help your ass up, I'm just like, nah, fuck you. You're yeah, figuring it out yourself, I, buddy. <laughs> I think it really depends on what the guy on top's doing. If the guy yeah. on top's not doing anything, then it's like, okay, stand him up. This guy's just trying to utilize the position to get some rest in. But like, you, you know, when someone's trying to do damage, you know. Yeah, and and and, and like I was saying, Glover was doing good work, and he was using that. I mean, one of the old school wrestling kind of techniques to get a guy to open his guard is to go for that neck crank. Um, because how you relieve that pressure is to open your guard up and kind of scoop back and kind of, you know, make it so you're not, you know, your chin's not touching your belly button. Uh, and not, you know, he had to do that a couple times. He had to open the guard, but, you know, Glover wasn't able to pass. So most of the first round was just a stalemate, you know, in that guard position. But, you know, a good round for Glover. He got him down. He was able to control that round, get the first round on him. You know, good job there. Uh, the second round, you know, we saw them exchange some more on the hands and we did see them exchange left hooks. And it definitely seemed like Glover's landed pretty good. It kind of rocked Yon a little bit. They got into another takedown scenario. Uh, this time, Glover finished with a nice single leg ankle pick. Um, and from there, it was it really didn't... I mean, honestly, overall in this fight, it just seemed like Yon wasn't in it. it. It just doesn't seem like his head was in it. It never seemed like he got out of second gear. Because he was doing a decent job standing up, but he kept letting when Glover would come forward even sometimes when Glover wasn't coming forward, he just kind of let off the aggression. You know, he let Glover dictate some of the fight allowed him to get caught up against the cage. And then even on the cage. And, and I guess, you know, Bob, I, we didn't really do a ton of homework on Jan. I guess his takedown defense has always been very suspect. I guess in the um, Alex uh, Gustafson fight and maybe even the Tiago Silva fight, like he got taken down pretty much at will. So, I guess, you know, from what I heard from people after the fight was like, Jan did a pretty good job stopping takedowns, but obviously not good enough. And once he did get rocked, got that single leg, once he wasn't in a guard scenario, he kind of had to play half guard. Glover passed pretty quickly right into Mount. And for Mount, it was just like, this is like basics 101, what you don't do with a jujitsu guy. You don't just give up your back with the hooks in. I think he was flattened out instantly. I think he was already mm -hmm. done almost, it felt like, at that point. It seemed mentally. It seemed like mentally he got cracked pretty good. And, like, once it hit the ground, he was just like, yeah, I'm, the defenses just weren't there. You know, he did not – from guard – I mean, from mount – mount is not a death sentence like it used to be. A lot of guys, you can buck in your hips and, and move around and get back to half guard and, and work your ground game again. It just didn't seem like Jan was there. Like, he just – once he got mounts, he was like, I'm turning my back – and the rest will play itself out. So Glover just kind of took the choke, and yeah, it really it's to me overall. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Glover. He had a, he it looked like it was Glover's best night and Jan's worst because you know Glover did everything right. He was finishing wrestling takedowns. He lifted Jan with a double. He got him on an ankle pick. He was just on top. I think Glover, and it's weird to say this about a man who has as many submission victories as he does. This is ten now. I don't think people give enough credit to his ground game, like. He's, his offensive grappling, Glover's, is really good. I mean, his last six fights, he's got five finishes. Four of those are, are chokes. Man's got 10 submission victories in his career. He did everything right. Um, and it was really nice. I don't know. I think I just have a soft spot for the old people, Mike. I'll be honest. I have a soft spot for all these old guys. I remember Mark probably remembers me jumping up and down, thrilled when Robbie Lawler won the title. Like, I... It, I, these guys have all been working, you know, it's been this man's dream for a long time. I think we forget about how hard it was for Glover to get to this country.
Because it took, we was like 27 fights in, 28 fights in before he got here. And, you know, now he's UFC champion. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> you always enjoy when people that have been toiling away for a long time finally reach the mountaintop. We saw that with the aforementioned Robbie Lawler. We saw that with Michael Bisping. Um, I think Randy, Randy Couture won the title a few times when he had when he was like 43, 44. But he was still old as shit, and we still enjoyed when when he won that title as well. Um, it also helps that he's universally liked. And, you know, we like people going out on top. Not necessarily that this is Glover's last fight, but I do know that while I was working on Friday, um, goes to show how much I had to do on Friday, um, I was thinking, well, if he loses this fight, Maybe he retires because, I mean, as they mentioned in the broadcast, he wasn't going to get another shot at, at UFC gold. So, um, I, mean, I sorry, Mike, but like you think yeah. about what he had to do to get another shot, too, because he lost to Jones in 2014. And then things were iffy for a while for him. And he admits, you know, he was drinking a bit too much, but he had to rattle off. Five straight wins to get a title shot. Four of those were finishes. And they weren't bums. Carl Roberson, Yon Kutilaba, Nikita Krylov, Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos. I know none of those names are Daniel Cormier, but those are the top of this division right now. And, and he did what he needed to do. And also, three of those wins happened in 2019. You don't often see 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds fighting um, three times and winning in, in a calendar year. And yeah. he was already in his 40s doing that. So that's impressive in itself. And uh, I think we, we all know what's next. We all were going to get, we thought we were getting Jan versus Yuri Prochaska. Um, I enjoyed that. Yuri was just in the crowd. I enjoyed that. They just cut to Yuri in the mm -hmm. crowd. Okay. Man of the people. That's an interesting matchup, man. I'm not sure we know a lot about Yuri's ground game. Off the top of my head, I don't know anything. Um, but if I'm, that, if I'm that man, I'm... We're just sprawling. You know? <laughs> like, we're doing a lot of sprawling leading up to this fight. Um, Marcus Jan, you know, he's young. I think he's still pretty young, isn't he? Am I not? No, he is not. How old is he? Yeah. The champion's forty-two. How young is? How old he's, is he? I he's mean, younger. He's younger than Glover. <laughs> it was like it was like is late thirties, like 38, 39. Like I don't think it, he's yeah. done. Is what I'm getting at, though. No, I think I, I think I think I think I think Yon. I know he was a pretty one-sided fight, but Yon gets maybe one big win or two wins. He's right back in there as a as a you know, another title shot, I think. And I kind of mm -hmm. feel bad for the guy that we never got to see him defend that title in Poland. You know, the, I bet if he'd gotten this one, you know, the world's kind of opening back up. They would have given him that. You know, him and Yuri in Poland, sure. maybe another one that's a free mm -hmm. pay-per-view. That would have been, you know, because I think Yuri is from, is he Polish also or not? I'm not sure, but he's European. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so. he's, I mean, I mean, God, I mean, it's same not the same thing, but difference. like, no, but like, I mean, he can get his family to be, to come also, though, to that fight, right. his yeah. friends. Too, I think so. they could both get their fan bases to make the <laughs> trek out there for a big fight like that. Um, no one seems to have time for any negativity on this win, quite frankly. Because everybody was, because uh, what's his name was uh, talking all that shit before the fight. Um, I can be a little negative. I can throw some negativity no, no. here. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, let me finish. Because um, okay. uh, Beeston, 25-8, was like, well, if if Glover wins, that means I'm the best light heavyweight in the world. Where, I mean, he hasn't even won this fucking tournament. Just, he's, he's, got, got, a, he's got a bit he's of a hill to climb. He's got to be next to focus on the people. Yeah, fun. exactly. Um, it doesn't speak great necessarily to the division, Mark. I know, I think that's probably where you're headed with this. 
that a man who couldn't mm. get it done seven years ago got it done now. But we do have a lot of young guys, too, coming up, it seems like. So it might be a bit of a transitional period. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, do. I mean, I'm not going to be like super negative on Glover, but like he doesn't seem and, you know, he's had a storied career. He's had a ton of fights. I think his legacy will obviously be this championship will be a big part of it. But I think more so it's just going to be like how many finishes this guy has, because like he really does go out there to finish fights. And I think that needs to be, you know, um, those are Condit congratulated. Numbers, brother. 28 yeah, and 33 wins. <laughs> yeah, and that's and there, there's a lot of guys in light heavyweight that have a lot of finishes, you know, and to have the most, I think, is a record that's going to be very difficult to to beat. And I think that should be definitely part of his legacy. I just I don't see him, especially at 42, how he's fighting. I don't see him holding that belt and having a very long reign. I think somebody like Yuri could, you know, potentially steal it from him. You know, look, and I'm happy to be proved wrong. You know, if, it feels if like a Glover... Bisping, this feels like a Bisping win, right? It feels like this feels like a lifetime achievement award. I, than, I, I feel like know. that's very inept. Like, I, I do feel like if he picks and chooses his fights specifically, like kind of like Bisping did, right? Like it, when Bisping got the belt, there was a lot of fucking killers lined up and he went, Dan Henderson, please. I'll take the Dan Henderson <laughs> fight, please. I want that revenge. I don't want to fight Bisping. Like, I want to go home. and Romero <laughs> and Whitaker and this guy, Izzy, you know, there was, there was killers lined up for him and he picked the smart fight. <laughs> no, he got wait, his wait, 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 like, do you remember when like Yoel was fighting Robert Whitaker for the interim title and the winner was going to fight mm -hmm. Bisping? And like Bisping was sitting there with the Cuban flags, a little paper like on like sticks, and then like yes, it was very cute. And then Romero started losing, so Bisping just like mm -hmm. broke it in half and threw it over his yes. shoulder. It was like, very fun. He's a, he's a showman. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, but, I, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I, you can draw some comparisons there for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's mo mainly it. Like there is a lot of interesting talent coming up in this division, and I feel like one of them will be someone that could potentially you know hold the reins of the championship, maybe longer than Glover. Um, but he still got it done. And like you said, you know, this, what, what I find really funny leading up to this fight is they do talk about, you know, how hard it is for fighters to get a second shot at the title and kind of depends. Um, I think if you hold, if you ever hold that belt, you're going to get a lot more cracks at it. I mean, you look at a guy like Uriah Faber, you look at someone like Jose Aldo, there's definitely been some title shots that maybe weren't exactly earned the most, but they still got multiple shots at it. Romero, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys that, that tend to get more shots, but you know, some of the, I feel like you have to have that extra ump. You have to have that popularity to be able to garner another shot at the title when it, when you haven't had a stellar record. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a great achievement for Glover and I, I, hopefully he gets, you know, one, two more shots. And you know, if he, if he beats, uh, what's his name? Urian or, uh, Yuri, yeah. Yuri Petrosko. Yeah. If he gets that win, I, I would hang it up there. Like if, if he can beat a young killer like that, I would say go out on top. You know, you left the belt um, defended. Man, he's which, getting pay per view you know, points, Mark. I mean, you win, you you, you keep defending that title until you stop getting paid until the what? wheels fall Excuse off. Excuse me, what pay per view points? This wasn't a real pay. -per -view. No, the next one he's gonna get pay per view points. So come on, son, this is gonna be another free card. I love I love Glover, but Glover and Yuri Petroska does not exactly scream. Half a billion pay per view buys. Uh, you're right there, but Yuri is fighting the, for the belt. Put it as a co main a to uh, Nganu and uh, what's yeah, his name? Well, that's what I was going to say, Bob. If you if it's the co main, one, the heavyweight title has to be the main event, or you're pulling some shenanigans or something. Well, no, that's not a rule anymore. They used to say, like, oh, the heavier weight has to go first. Now it's just whatever it is. But, whatever? Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could do, you could do something I mean, I don't crazy know. then. But... Whatever's going on at, like, I don't know. Uh, never mind. We'll get to it. It's um, hard. It's hard to, to. Yeah, but but yeah. Uh, hopefully, Glover. I, is, I feel what, like man? one more, two more fights. I mean, we're gonna talk about this card some more. It was just nice to watch some like relevant shit. You know, a good yeah, hard yeah, yeah. 
They've been feeding us bullshit for a month plus. And we're going back-to-back weeks, man. We're going to talk about this pay-per-view coming up this Saturday in Mike's backyard over there uh, in Madison Square Garden. Co-main event, though, Mike. Peter Yan um, pretty much had to win this fight or the UFC was going to have a proper clusterfuck uh, if Sam Hagen was the interim champion. Um, First round did not go well for the Russian. I was feeling pretty good about my boy Sandhagen because I think we all picked Jan, right? Am I not mistaken? We we all did yeah. pick Jan. Um, but I actively yeah. was rooting for Sandhagen because he's I like Sandhagen a lot. Um, yeah, Sandhagen he he got off to a good uh good start. Um, he was able to get some pretty uh some pretty good shots in on on Jan. Nothing that was really too you know that had a lot of pop behind it, but he was able to get you know score a lot of points in that first round. Um, however. Very similar to Anderson Silva when he was, you know, in his prime. A lot of things that Piotr Jan does is that he'll take like the first round or two to just kind of observe his opponent, get his reads. And one thing we noticed that by the third round, Piotr was barely getting hit. And that round encapsulated the, you know, the turning point in the fight when, you know, when he hit Sanhagen with that spinning back fist. It's kind of the same thing happened in the... Aljo fight where like he was not he lost the first at least the first round and maybe he is just trying to measure distance Mike that might be a good point right there yeah and Sanhagen he he made an adjustment but he made the adjustment I think too late in the fight where in the fifth round he actually started to utilize more of his elbows but by then it was uh, too little too late um Sanhagen handily Besides the first round, he handily lost his fight, but it was still a good outing by by Sanhagen, all in all. Yeah, Mark, Sanhagen himself, I mean, knows, you know, good fight, but he's got to get better. 29 years old, he's not going anywhere. He's still right at the top of this division, right? We're going to see him get a proper title shot one day. Yeah, and, and again, you know, leading up to this fight, they're saying like, oh, you know, this is my shot, the title. It's really hard to get another shot. And I'm kind of thinking like, dude, you're right up there. You know, when you're ranked two or three, it's like, Unless the wheels really fall off, you're always going to be kind of in the title contention, you know, conversations. And with his, you know, losing performances against TJ and now uh, Peter, you know, it it would be easy to kind of write him off and be like, oh, he's not championship material. But, you know, what I see and I think what a lot of people see is a really talented young guy who's going to emerge better after these losses is going to be able to take away some of the things that didn't go right in this fight. And I think a lot of it, you know, personally, like, that first round was really good because I think he was mixing it up so much more. I feel like in the third, fourth round, he stopped going to the body as much. He was landing some killer liver shots um, that he kind of abandoned. The kick stopped, stopped, you know, being as utilized, and he kind of focused on his hands to the head a little bit more. And Peter Yan was able was able to pick up the p's and q's and and utilize the better striking. Yeah. And I think knocked him down like in the fourth round with a spinning back fist and, and a big like uh, left hook after that. So it was a, it was a great fight, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think awesome Corey's going to be too far away from title contention at all. Yeah, the fifth, first round, all judges gave it to Corey Sandhagen. Uh, they all gave four through five to. Um, to Jan, um, seems like the second round was a bit of a point of contention for some people, but obviously that wasn't going to make a difference. Um, online, I, I saw online about maybe 50-50 on who people thought won the second round, but that's really where the tide turned for Jan. This weight class, guys, is nuts. You got, the, I mean, you got Aljo at the top, Jan, Dillashaw, Sandhagen, Font, Aldo, uh, Marab Divishvili, Cody Garbrandt, uh, Edgar, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Moraes is fucking 10. Like, 
this this sport like 130 i mean 125 is getting there too. 125 is right up there too getting better 170 pounds and down this the talent in this sport is insane right now um just nuts um huda mike can you do a pretty good aljamain sterling impersonation based on his quote earlier today because they asked him um I mean, because TJ Dillashaw technically got a number one contender thing, you know, when he beat uh, when he beat Corey Sandhagen by the skin of his teeth. And, uh, you know, does that mean he's going to get a, you know, he's going to be able to fight first or something? You know, is he going to get a first crack at the title? What do you, uh, what, what is Aldo's response to that? Hell no. Or is that, is that, is that what you're there, going for here? A literal, I, I, put a, I put a literal quote into our group chat. More, more F-bombs. Yeah. Try literal every quote. other word. Literal quote is in there, buddy. Fuck, T. Fuck TJ. Fuck TJ. Let TJ wait. That bitch motherfucker can wait. Is that is that what you want? Well, it was bitch ass motherfucker. I mean, Jesus, read the lines, Mike. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, didn't notice that. Yeah, um, he did also continue to say, motherfucker, he's like, that cheater wait, can wait. That cheater waited two years. He can wait a few more months. And I'm like, that's just burns that TJ's gonna have to take <laughs> forever now. That, yeah. that bitch ass motherfucker. Is he from New York? He, he lives there. Oh, yeah, I know he's fighting out of there at least, but you guys think you invented bitch ass motherfucker? I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that syntax right there is very aggressive. That's called he's very, hanging out. Uh, he, he's talking out with Al and Quinta too much. Too much talking hanging out with Al. But boy, Al's island. returning this weekend, folks. We'll talk about that soon. Um, yeah, Mark Aljo was like, "Am I crazy? Shouldn't we just unify the title first? The answer is yes. We should give, give us this fucking rematch. We we I want mean, this rematch. Yeah, that's what this was supposed to be. So I mean. I feel like- I feel like Aljo should try to get, you know, one title defensive before he loses that shit. Well, no, I mean, look, he might lose. He's got to fight the interim. He, he might lose. The interim guy. Look, he might lose. He might make adjustments. He might win. This fucking sport's crazy. I mean, I'd probably pick Yon given how the first fight went, but I'm not going to rewrite history to not think Aljo won the first two rounds of that fight because he did. At least the first, I think. So, um, yeah, that's the fight. That's the way they got to rebate. They, they got a legitimate debate over who's the champion, too. Like they, so I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a lot of people think yeah. Peter Yon's a real champion. Yeah, I mean, he he blew the fight. Like he lost the fight. Yeah, Aldo yeah, didn't I mean, win, and, and, and not and not by and not by you know a mis- not by a mistake that cost him to actually lose the fight by doing something he that blatantly you know, was cheated illegal. and got disqualified. Yeah, he, he he threw an illegal strike. So it's like we need to we need to clear the air. We need to figure out who's the legitimate champion because that fight was definitely you know it was going Peter's way. So we need to we need to get that settled. And then TJ can can have his match. And yeah. I feel like, you know, the, the argument there is completely just. The guy cheated. He had to wait two years. Well, then he also we said that, like, settled first. He also said he's like, TJ won that last fight. Most people thought he didn't win that fight, which, I mean, doesn't matter what most people thought. Yeah, he did sure. win it. But, I mean, there was a very close fight hitting Sandhagen. And Aljo's like, won a fight just grabbing a man from behind at his waist. At least go for a submission. So, But here here's the thing, though, right? Like you book this fight, but obviously if Sterling can't make it, then it's TJ's, right? Like yeah, I mean, what is the reasonable? This was supposed to be Sterling's fight, right? He couldn't make it because he had it. He well, then it was supposed to be neck surgery. Then they asked TJ. TJ was hurt too because TJ blew his. TJ got cranked by uh his knee got cranked, right? Wasn't it by uh Corey or something? I I don't exactly remember something happened, but but yeah, I think obviously you make Sterling if if that fight falls through, TJ's there as backup, and I feel like that's fair. Yeah, and then um. We'll see where it goes. I think I think a reasonable time is if uh, he can defend the belt by March. Sure, that yeah. seems fair to me. If he can defend it by March, that seems like a good way to do it. Um, or if you know the UFC needs a pay per view, they'll just you know whatever they'll make another interim title, an interim um, interim champion, interim interim champion. Um, 
Look, um, Islam Makachev. All we can say is we hope Dan Hooker got paid. And he did act like he got paid a lot on Twitter. When he was tweeting about his two and a half minute loss to Islam Makachev. I mean, Mark, what do we do? Who does Islam fight now? Let's just get to it. I mean, let's just skip to what happened I mean, here. If, if you look historically who's, who beats Dan Hooker and where they go next, it's usually a title shot. Now he, this division is kind was, of stacked. We're, we're going to talk about a fight that is right up there with oh title yeah, contenders. Gaethje got angry because Cormier suggested Islam get a title shot, and Gaethje's like, fuck you. Like, I'm fighting Michael Chandler for a title shot. Islam right now was ranked number five. Has he beat Benil Darius yet? Benil's number three. That wouldn't be bad. That'd be fun. That'd be good. That'd be a good <laughs> test. But like, yeah. I feel like it's hard to deny. Like th this guy has doesn't have quite like the resume that these other guys do. I mean, look at Gaethje and you can even look at Chandler and what he's done in Bellator and holding you know the reins there for as long as he did. Um, but at this point too, it's like he just he didn't just beat Dan Hooker. I mean, that was five versus six, to be clear. Yeah, and. He demolished him. I mean, you, you look at the Chandler fight too. Chandler kind of walked right through Dan Hooker too. So like you have to give a little props there. But like there was not much contention in this fight. You know, Islam took him down pretty quickly, wrapped up that Kimura. Dan Hooker really didn't have a prayer in this one. So like did, did Dan he's Hooker, right there. Did Dan Hooker look, Dan Hooker's a very good fighter, and we know he took this fight, quite frankly, because he probably didn't think he was gonna get another fight in for another five months because of how fucked up. The uh, immigration situation is trying to go mm -hmm. back and forth in New Zealand. Um, this man was throwing leg kicks, like single leg was, kicks. Like, foolish. I, was he? I'm not saying he was phoning it in. No one ever phones anything in. But like, how much game planning went into this thing for him, man? He looks like he just kind of was showed up ready to fucking like. What, what what happened here exactly? I mean, he seemed happy to get paid. Is really the end game? Is what I'm getting out of this. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I I feel like he saw an opportunity to throw his to potentially get back in the title picture. And I'm sure he was thinking, like, you know what? I'm a good stand-up fighter. I'm lengthy. If I can pull something off here, like, I I jump right back. People forget the Chandler fight real quick, and, and I lost to Poirier. If I can beat a guy like Islam, who has you – know, the, the hype train behind this guy is insane, and it's completely deserved, too. So I think he was just he was hoping for the best, you know, hoping that like his stand up wasn't going to be able to get it done. And I mean, we can critique the submission defense and the takedown defense. I mean, on paper, um, this was a terrible matchup too. Honestly. It, I mean, like, on paper, he, he has Islam's no... horrible for the whole division. There's really no one that stacks up super well against him. But you need someone basically with like really good takedown defense. And shit, apologize, guys. Was was Dan Hooker a uh, a late replacement? He like, did he replace on, someone who got he injured? He did, he did. But it wasn't that late. It was like yeah, three supposed weeks. to be Dos Anjos, right? Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be Dos Anjos, and this was a short-notice uh, fight for, uh, on some level, for so Dan Hooker. It, but. it honestly seems like there really wasn't that much to lose for, for Dan well, he Hooker. he had nothing to because lose. Because he does the UFC a solid by having their boy Makachev stay on the card. And if he had won, then it would have been nothing but gravy. So this is the current rankings. Uh, champion Oliveira, then Poirier, Gaethje, Dariush, Chandler, and Makachev. So literally the only person in that equation not booked. I don't know if he's booked. Mike, can you see if Benil Dariush is booked? I don't think um, so, but that, that, that'd be a good fight. I think, that, I think that's the fight to make. Because I, I do feel like, and I'm not even saying Gaethje, Chandler, the winner of that, instantly becomes number one uh, contender. Because they both did get a crack at it. 
but have them fight have islam fight uh darush and let's see let's see who looks best at the end of it and maybe they get the shot exactly um, um not seeing him booked for anything okay yeah he might be in between so i, I booked that right now let's sign it baby. yeah let's get them fighting in three four months let's see what happens um all right um we also had heavyweight fight alexander volkov marcin tybora i uh i kind of zoned out during this one yeah i mean once, I heavyweight fight gets back, once it gets back the first round a heavyweight fight I I'm I knew out. there was going to be one fight, and I said it last night. There was going to be one fight on this card that the favorite didn't win, and I threw some dice at Marcin, and he came close. He won the second round off yep, of he did. pure, pure aggression and willpower, and going into that third, I was like, maybe he could do it, but it became very clear in that third round, like, oh, no, he's way more tired than um, uh, Alexander is, and, uh, you know, Alexander got the got the win, deservedly so, but didn't, you know, set the world on fire. So. Let me tell you, Mark. The second, the second round, the second I saw in the second round, both of them breathing with their mouths open. I'm like, I'm just gonna check out right now. This is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get another drink. <laughs> um, Kamzat Chemayev. If we were curious if he was going to be okay, the answer was oh, yes. Despite the weigh-in being a little iffy, and my man mm -hmm. missing weight and then coming back and trying to cheat with a towel so much that he came in five pounds under. And then the UFC was like, oh, there's something wrong with the scale. There was nothing wrong with the scale. He tried the towel trick, okay? <laughs> tried I didn't know trick. that towel trick helps that much. Like, Well, think about, like, you just any pressure, you know, you know, you can lay any of your weight, you can lean off. That will do it. Um, Mike, he picked up Li Jing Lang, the leech, and then carried him over to Dana White so mm. he could tell Dana White to stop looking at his phone and pay attention mm. to the fight. And then he beat his ass and choked him out. And I mean, then he said he wants to fight Nate Diaz. I mean, it's just rude what Dana White was doing. You yeah. Know? Like, like, how about be off your phone, why don't you, Mr. President of the That's UFC? Cool. Maybe uh, watch the guy fight. God. He wants to fight Nate Diaz. Who doesn't um, want to fight Nate Diaz? Everyone likes money, Bobby. I was telling Mark this, uh, I think it was earlier today I said it to you. Maybe it was yesterday. Where this is the exact type of fight the UFC gives to somebody when they don't think they're going to resign him. Yep. They offer you him in some fucked up place to go. And then, you know, they can say, well, you couldn't get it done in the UFC because he got his ass beat by Kamzat. Mike, go ahead. Kamzat is a heavy, is a not heavier, hairier, much more Dagestani. Is he Dagestani? Right? Yeah. I think so. I want to say he is. <laughs> so he he's is got, a he's hairier... got the same. He's got the same warlord telling him what to do. If he fights Nate Diaz, he is a much he is a much hairier Dagestani version of Rory McDonald, who ragdolled Nate Diaz around the ring about eight nine years ago. Yeah, um, I would I like the other idea. Um, personally, Mark, where Neil Magny said he wants a he wants a slice. Which mm -hmm. props to Neil Magny. Yeah, I think, no I think anything, if anything's course. become clear about Neil Magny is that Neil Magny is not scared of anybody. Neil Magny will fight anybody you tell him to fight. Um, Neil right now is ranked, got 170 stacked. He's eight. And, uh, this gentleman wasn't even ranked going into this fight. Mm -hmm. So fuck it. I'm, I'm strongly in favor of that. He's taken one strike in four fights. That's impressive. One strike he's taken that is in four impressive. fights. Wow. What else do we say about him, Mark? He's just, he's fighting as well as you could ask someone to fight in his first four UFC fights, right? Yeah, no, he's he's lived up to the hype and then some. Um, you know, I, I do want to give uh, Lee some credit. Like, 
dude fought that rear naked like a motherfucker and he went out on his shield like like he knew he would you know that guy's a gamer and that's what made this fight so exciting is like this dude is going to fucking try he didn't have the skill set to hold a candle here he just kind of got demolished but like there was no give in this man like he that that choke was you know he was gonna fight it tooth and nail and he did so you got to give props to that but comes comes out is just like he's kind of the future of this division and you know a, a magni fight makes sense in the rankings for sure it also makes sense because like this dude's asking for it we're like i don't think anyone else was asking for it. i mean it, but, literally like, anybody anybody in the rankings is fine with me give him anybody who's ranked in the top 15 yeah. i mean i just- i think him I, I mean i think if you want to make this guy a star you know you put him in with another well, star. Sorry, you put him in with nate or, or jorge and i think he beats those guys handily and he also becomes a legit star then because people are going to there as long as his dance partner is someone that people know and care about this guy could be something you know he has the skill set we've obviously seen that but like you put him in with a neil magny i think that's a good test i think neil asking for it i think give it to him just for that but it's not going to make him much of a bigger star if he beats Neil, but like you beat, I mean, he wants to Diaz be a champion. Jorge. Does he want to be a champion or does he want to be a star? Which one's he going for first? You know, I think you beat both. I think he you, can. Beat, you beat you beat Nick, Nick uh, Nate Diaz, and then you fight for the title and you become both. And then I think I think Usman is. I think some of the top guys are interesting challengers. You know, Usman in him is really interesting. I think him and Colby can be really interesting. I just want to see this guy get in the second or third round. We'll see what's going on, man. That's true. Colby, yeah, Colby. I'll say all the bad things in the world about Colby. And um, the one thing you'll never take away from that man is Colby's a fucking grinder. Like, Colby just goes. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting, too. Lee was number 11. Ahead of him are Jeff Neal, Bilal Muhammad, Neil Magny, Jorge's booked, um, Michael Chiesa up there at six. I think Chiesa might. I don't know if he's booked. But I think, mm-hmm. I think honestly, Neil makes the most sense. I mean, I'm, this, sure. it seems like a UFC move to put this as a main event of a five-round ra- five round dog shit fight night and then you know yeah. get get angry at us for complaining about the card that seems like the type of fight card because i feel neil ends up in a lot of five round fights on fight nights mm-hmm. in my experience in my, based on what we've seen um we'll see though hell of a win for him though nice to see he recovered so well from covid um magomed ankalov vulcan ozdemir mark vulcan's new fuckboy haircut did not help him win this fight what do you think <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would call it fuckboy, but it definitely, when I first saw it, I was like, kind of looks like he got hair plugs in. <laughs> like, like I mean, and I was just like, just just rock the shaved head, man. Like, no worries I'm, there. You know what? If there's an opportunity to be on the borderline of calling it a fuckboy haircut, I'm going to call it a fuckboy haircut. Well, there you go. And it looked like a uh, fuckboy haircut to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had moments in the first round, like, he cracked them, and it looked like, oh, man, he might be able to get it done here. But pretty quickly, you know, uh, Magomed was able to just kind of take over. Um, and, and surprisingly, in the striking, too, like, you kind of thought Ozdemir was going to dominate that aspect of the fight, especially because of early on, he caught him and dropped him. And then it became pretty apparent that uh, Magomed was just, like, way too fast, too technical. Um, and Ozdemir really didn't have any answers for him. And, you know, uh, Magomed... They were talking in the booth like, you know, maybe he could push the pace a little bit more and get him out of here. But like when you're winning handily and you're finding your spots and scoring and doing good, it's like, you know, are you going to risk really putting yourself out there to finish the guy or just get the decision like like, you know, you're going to. So I think it was smart. It wasn't, you know, the most you know fantastic performance, but he looked like a legitimate threat. You know, he's he's a legitimate contender. And like you're saying, Bob. There's a handful of young guys out here that are kind of climbing the ranks of light heavyweight that are kind of revitalizing this division, which has kind of long been kind of a little sad. You know, 
light heavyweight was like the marquee division for a long time. We're talking Vanderlei, Quentin Jackson, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. These are like the major stars were coming out of this division. And John Jones kind of, he didn't just like own the division. He kind of killed it. <laughs> like no one else can, when you can't have an exciting fight or can't really hold a candle against the champion, you can't really become a star in that division. So him leaving, Jan was able to shine a little bit. And we've seen what Alexander Reichich. Have you noticed the lack up. of Americans? Yeah, there is. Because yeah, you know, you're right. if you're an American who weighs 205 pounds and a really good athlete, because that's what we're getting now. That's why these other divisions are so good that I mentioned, Mark, is because we're getting really good athletes. You know, we're getting premier athletes taking up this sport. Why would you do this and get paid what the UFC pays? Like, why would you? Well, you could like, I mean, you, I'm you not kind of. You've seen that heavyweight. It's a lot of athletes that maybe don't excel in their profession, like football players. That second string. It's like okay, well, then we I got two be... French dudes at the top of that weight class. Yeah, is that too? Yeah. Like no, I mean, I'm just saying. You're right, like, but I mean, but I think that that's where I, I, I get your 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 angle here is like you know if you're that size and athletic, there's other sports that you could participate in and make a lot more money at the professional level but you know not everyone's going to be a star in those sports too and some guys Absolutely. don't like i mean i mean there's just personality wise like i never really liked team sports i hated to be on a baseball team or a basketball team and lose a game and be like well fuck i didn't really have control of that you know i'm only one player um sometimes you know the individual yeah, competitiveness is is no, people who just, this people. is what they want to do it's just there's a smaller for sure, pool for sure. to choose from no i see yeah i see what you're saying um one thing we got to mention is that Amanda Rebus was victorious over she Verna Jandaroba. But Verna, Mike, Verna's an island boy. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? Aren't Look, I'm all? not sure we talked about this on this podcast, but Island Boy is the song of the fucking fall, all right? You guys go out there and go on YouTube, Island Boy, and you hear that banger, okay? <laughs> I'll just say this. Having not have heard it until last week, when I first started listening to it, I was like, well, this is a travesty. This is a waste of my yeah. time. This is just two untalented, tattooed buffoons coming out here. But you can't deny there is a cadence to how they <laughs> sing and their stupid lyrics that do get in your head. And I did the I did the unthinkable and spreaded the viral infection to other That's people. Right. To be God like, bless this shit. Isn't this guag, something? Guag. Guag, guag, man. Mark, knowing your wife, did you show it to Christine? No, no. Oh, because oh, no. I think Christine I showed it to our wonderful. worker. You gotta let her know that goodness, man. Yo, yo, call her in right now. Call her in right now. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Christine's gonna think less of Mark, me, and you, Mike, when it's over. (laughs) Um, All right. um, The news, the only news I really saw this week besides TJ Millichaw being called a bitch ass um, was that. Did they officially book the Jake Paul? Tommy yes. Fury thing? I think so. Is they it? did book Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. That's happening. All I want to say is, I thought that was going to be like, oh, this might be Jake Paul's like first legitimate test. <laughs> you look no. at Tommy Fury, nah, like who he's fought, nah. and these guys are like Glass Joe from Punch Out, but worse. One guy was know. like ten and hundred and two. I don't know if you watched that. That that that. I, Jake I didn't Paul see his fight. match. No, I didn't uh, see that. He was trash. Yeah, no, this now I saw those records and I was like, oh, these are bums. These, well, these are uh, what's interesting is that Tyron Woodley and apparently Dan Hardy might throw down in boxing. Hmm, okay. Um, I okay. guess there's some sort of beef there. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. Why um, not? But wait, I mean, none if of I... Tyron. Oh, wait, I just realized that. So Tyron Woodley got that tattoo and he's not even fighting Jake Paul? I mean, oh, uh, uh, Hardy said it wasn't even a real tattoo, but it looked I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's a finger he can 
it's on his middle finger. <laughs> chop it it off. went pretty well. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Dan Hardy and Tyron Woodley, I'd, I'd rather watch them fight an MMA. I want to, I'd rather watch MMA fighters do MMA. But if Dan Hardy has, Dan Hardy hasn't done anything in 10 years. Because no, I think he had that weird uh, heart thing. He well, slotted so, into the lion's heart or some shit. Wolf heart. He slotted into commentary thing. and was doing a great job. And then the UFC let him They go, didn't so. like that he yelled, that he stood up and yelled at her yeah. during the time. Mm-hmm. Look. Is that why we haven't was, seen him again? Um, I don't know. I thought, he, I thought he was better fight? than, I thought he's better than Cormier at it. Um, I, I'm, I'm personally, I think, um, of the fighters doing it, Bisping might be the best right now that's left. Um, which is weird because I thought Bisping would have the hardest time, like, separating himself and his bullshit, his, you know, his Michael Bispingness from the things. But I think he does a really good job. Cormier just kind of makes a lot of noises. I'm starting to not enjoy we, Cormier. We all know why Cormier is there. He's a meme machine, baby. We yeah. want to get those big expressions. <laughs> That's you, all this is now, baby. This is I like, about I, reaction I, I, per- I personally like Dominic Cruz, but I think Dominic Cruz needs to stop fighting if he's going to do it. He, he, well, Dominic Cruz he holding too much grudge. Base. He, he was he's too had, biased. He'd be and like, additionally, with Joe Rogan, you know, kind of Joe's got to go going go, going into the into the sunset. You know, not doing that many events in a year. We need someone, as you mentioned, who's just going to make big noises and yell a lot. And that's Daniel Cormier now. I like Michael Bisping on the mics, too, personally. Sure. Felder, no, honestly, good. Felder's great. Felder's the most, like, even-keeled of all the motherfuckers there. Just, yeah, just the, the The booth is good. Like, their analysis is, like, spot. Like, I used to come out here every week and be like, man, they're not, they're not even telling you what's happening in the fight correctly. Like, they're giving you bad information, and I don't have those complaints anymore. Like, well, there, there might be some things here and there, but, like, for the most part, they're pretty much telling you what's happening. Well, there was that whole stretch you can understand. where we had Goldberg and Rogan, and it was a point where it looked like Rogan really wasn't, like, doing the homework he needed to do, and that was never Goldberg's thing anyway. I mean, you can say a lot of things about Mike Goldberg. Mike Goldberg had a very specific role, and, like, He's gotta he be wasn't going to change. Baby. And he wasn't going to change, and Rogan was just kind of, like, we call kind of started expecting more because we had more people getting more into this sport beyond just like the basic shit Joe would bring up. You know what I mean? Also, Joe is too busy now. Joe doesn't need to do this. I get that he's like super popular and stuff. And I don't know. He brings eyes still, maybe. Sure. But they don't need him. Um, um, Bellator is going to crown a new lightweight champion this weekend. Oh, uh, nice. One of the Pitbull brothers, the younger Pitbull brothers said he just didn't want it, basically. I don't really understand what happened there, but I think that, but the fact that his other brother is, his brother is in the title fight makes me think that a deal was cut there personally. Um, so we'll see. Uh, let's just pick UFC 268 though. Let's do, do that. It. UFC 268 coming to you from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, coming in Manhattan, New York City, New York. Uh, what's that fucking train station right there too? Penn Station. Penn Station. I've been there way too many times to not to get that wrong. Penn Station's right there, too. Mike's going to have boots on the ground in that he's going to be in the room he's sitting in right now, miles away, but close-ish to the fight. Way right, closer Mike? to us. I will be approximately about two and a half miles away. How much would it have Damn. to cost for you to be willing to go to this? Honest question. Not that I'm going to look for you. I'm just curious. Uh, I would have gone for like maybe a hundred bucks. I think, I, think you, I think you could do that. It would just be bad seats. Yeah. No, no yeah. But <laughs> yeah. All right, maybe. All right. Let me throw a caveat in there. A hundred, hundred fifty bucks. And they're not the worst seats in the house. 
Um, I don't think we're going to have a lot of analysis with some of these fights because we've got some rematches, to be honest. Um, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. Going to run it back, brother. The first one was, I thought it was in New York. I'm wrong, though. Um, it, it wasn't? Because, no, because they, they wanted it to be in New York. But then they both over misplayed their hands with the UFC, and the UFC booked the BMF title fight instead. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Uh, it was in Vegas. Um, hell of a fight. Just a hell of a fight, the first one. One of the best welterweight title fights I without someone named Robbie Lawler that you can imagine, really. Um, betting odds for this rematch. Do you guys have it up, either of you? I do not. I Give me it. one sec. Minus 290, Kamara Usman, plus 225 to Colby Covington. Um, this one seems less wrapped up in political bullshit, I think. I haven't um, heard as much. I have not. I've also muted Covington on Twitter a long time ago, though. It's possible. That also, that also um, I think the former president's demon spawn might be showing up, if that does it for people. Um, since their last fight, honestly, it looks like Colby, uh, that um, Kamara Usman has really elevated his striking game. Um, I think he trains... Is he training with Trevor Whitman? Yeah. If, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Trevor Whitman's uh, all three top fights he's... He's coaching, so I love Trevor night. Whitman. I love Trevor Whitman. He is such a good coach. Trevor Whitman told he threw in the towel on Nate Marquardt in a fight, and knowing that it would result in Nate Marquardt never wanting to be his, you know, have him in his corner ever again. That's the type of coach he is. I respect that. Um, I have a I'm Colby. Look, Colby has fought once. I think. Am I imagining this, guys? I think was that uh, Robbie Lawler? Was it? Is it really Robbie Lawler? No, it's Tyron Woodley. It was Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I mean, he looked like himself. I, it's hard. I one of them is advanced. One of them has really made a lot of strides, and the other hasn't, or at least we haven't seen it. I have a hard time picking that. Get picking Colby when I picked Kamaru the first time too, and the result went the way it is. So I got to go with Kamaru getting another win here. He just Kamaru looks like the best fighter in the world. Period. Right now, Mark, who do you got? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with all that. Like, and even in rematches, you know, you look at Jorge. You know, the first match, he he dominated Jorge. He won every round. Um, he utilized his wrestling just to completely stop anything Jorge had for him. And the second fight, he crushed him in like the most devastating KO of the year easily. The way he ragdolled that man with the punches, like that's, that's he knocked him out of shoulder, checked him into the ground. Yeah. Like, I mean, the way, yeah, the way Masvidal limped down and got, you know, pushed around is just like that, that, that really shows you, like, yeah, this guy, not only is he just getting better, but like, he knows how to make the reads. He knows how to find those holes when he's fought in someone before. So I assume he's going to be even better in this Covington fight. And like, like you said, Bob, like Covington, as much as I, we all hate his personal politics, like as a person, this dude's pure fucking garbage, you know? It's I, almost worse that we know he's playing a character too. It's almost worse, I think. Yeah, It, it, it almost makes it worse like, to me, yeah. I, I think to a certain degree, he agrees with it. He likes, you know, of being the, the bad guy or whatever. But like, he's also, he, he's an amazing talent like this guy like you said earlier on Bobby like he loves to grind and he can push that pace as good as any of them you know I just don't like you said I haven't seen him elevate himself to a, a higher level than just being able to like I'll throw hands and kicks and be really aggressive because I know I can out wrestle or wrestle just as good as anyone else so I can be super aggressive and I got the gas tank for it these are all really great tools to utilize unless you have a monster like Usman who has all those things too, but has been sharpening these skills to, you know, perfection. So yeah, I got to go to Usman. Um, Mike. 
Their first fight was close up until when Usman, you know, uh, broke his jaw and was submitted him, I think, in the fourth, fifth round. Um, so you could say, all right, well, that fight was pretty close um, up until like the last round or so. But while we've seen Covington look good against uh, a, a Tyron Woodley that, you know, let's face it, is, is past his prime and just couldn't pull the trigger anymore. Um, we've seen Usman make leaps and bounds, as you guys have said. Um, nothing that I've seen from these two fighters in the last two years leads me to believe that the that the gap ha- that the the gap has been narrowed um, between the two. So um, we're either going to see more of the same that we saw before, maybe a close fight, and Usman ends up getting the edge at the end, or it could be a mauling. It's going to be one of those two options. Co-main event, another rematch. A one that uh, rubbed me the wrong way, the booking of it. Not that I don't understand it. I think we've all been pretty vocal about how we think Carlos Esparza deserved this title shot. Yes. Um, Roma, Ro, Rose Namajunas, the defending strawweight champion, taking on the former champion, uh, Zhang Weili. Mike, go ahead. And defender of freedom. That's right. She's defeating communism again. Communism is getting a rematch. Um... Red, not dead, folks. Good lord, that was a weird week. Um, it's all it's a really uncomfortable year. <laughs> it's last two years in this sport. Um, Rose and Whaley fought was it five months ago, six months ago, um, back at UFC two hundred and sixty one April. Um, fight was seventy eight seconds long, and Rose kicked her in the head. Re- rematch for this one. Uh, betting lines. Uh, does anybody have it? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Jesus yes, Christ, I guys. Yes, I, I thought do. you had it. Uh, Stefan, come back. <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a pick of fight. Uh negative one ten. All right. Um I'm just gonna say this. Fight they fought before, one person won in 80 seconds. And I and not that I don't think it's a fluke. Whaley gets a lot of like, you know, she's like Vanderlei Silva comparisons and shit like that. Whaley's real hittable. You can hit Whaley. Whaley's making no effort to not to get hit. Um, and Rose has the rare thing in this weight class of being able to stop motherfuckers with power. Um, I don't... And Whaley seemed to have a lot of excuses about, like, why she lost and not, hey, this other girl was better than me. And I, no, I'm not picking her. I got Rose again. Mark? Yeah, this one's tough because I do feel like Whaley could win this fight i really do feel like she could i I mean i'm not saying rose got lucky that was a great head kick she it was a great question mark kick that whaling just ate but i do feel like you know if this fight goes longer oh absolutely she has the power i think it's and i and really why i'm leaning a little bit towards whaling is just that you know we're all tied up here i gotta make you gotta make these moves every now and then even though the move last week cost me my lead but like this could be a good one because I know everyone everyone wants Rose to it. win. When they pick Wei Li, give us that lead. Come on. Yeah, see, Mike. See, you're saying that, but you're also a four time loser. Is I have won twice, so I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take, I can't take your egging as I got a belt over here too. <laughs> as necessarily a bad almond. Um, Fucking Chris Cyborg, man. <laughs> but it's just yeah, I don't want to pick. You know, and in fairness. It, I'm gonna pick it because I feel like what I what I messed up last week was I had 
I, Marcine, I just picked him randomly. I could have picked anyone else and almost got Dude, lucky. Dude, we got, we got some close fights coming up on this. You don't have to pull the trigger here, man. Uh, pull it. But it's, pull it. It's, it's a good... Uh, Take it. Pick who you I'm going gonna to pick Wailing. I'm going to make right. it interesting. I mean, uh, my heart's pulling for Rose. Um, I feel like this sport has lost a lot of its soul. It's it's become formulaic. I mean, you know, we can talk about, you know, Stefan kind of fell out of the love with the sport. I feel like Rose is definitely someone that like her story resonates. And when they played the little hype video or, you know, they, they showed her last fight and how she the look on her face when when I think DC is like, oh, before the fight, you're saying like, I'm the best. And she kind of cracks it like, I am the best. Like, that is heartwarming. Like, that is her not saying that communism stuff would have been really nice is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess nice. I quickly forgot about it. And yeah. It wasn't in the video package. So I just got to focus on, you know, her self-confidence and, and being cute and adorable there. Um, I think I think it's a great fight. Um, and like you said, I, I don't know if necessarily it should have came up first. I would love to see Carla um, and Rose, you know, finish what they started back at the tough finals all those years ago. Because I, I do think Rose is such a different fighter now. Um, and I'm picking Wei Ling because I feel like this is this is a close fight. I feel like Wei Ling could win this one if Rose doesn't get off to a great start. If if Rose mentally isn't fully there. I, I feel like that could be an issue, though. I think she always shows up to fight. So I make it interesting and pick yeah. Wailing, but yeah, I'm well, definitely absolutely, I'm man. pulling it's for Rose. Fight. It's a pickup fight for a reason. And for like, sure. We've seen Rose lose that title. She's been yeah. knocked out before. We've seen it happen. Against a big, strong woman, which yeah. I think Wailing also is. So Yeah, Wailing seems like she cut her hair off, too. Is what it looked like in that. She, mm -hmm. she, she had hair before. I she, had, uh, mm -hmm. she had that pony hair before. Mm -hmm. she had, yeah. you know. um, all right, Mike. You're going with Rose, right? That's your person. That's your girl in this always, uh, right? Always bet on black and always bet on rose. So uh, the commie bastard Mark there is all by himself picking way. <laughs> yeah, we we have a special. Uh, the, the Pat Barry Rose Nama Yunus combo has always been very special to this podcast. And oh, what happened to Mark? We oh, lost the commie bastard. Oh, no, there I'm here. I'm here. I'm actually like I clicked the the camera off. So um, don't worry. That was the government. That was the Chinese government that got to you, Mark. Exactly. So. I, I'm rooting for him. Why are they coming after me? Come after these guys. Oh, no. uh, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler is why I'm excited for this card. That is what I'm here for, folks. I'm here to watch the highlight Justin Gaethje do his thing. Um, betting odds for that one. For the love of God, one of you has this up, right? Yes, I have it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Justin Gaethje is a negative 210 favorite. Steph, we miss you. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael. Ch what is Michael? It's not. What's Michael Chandler's end of it, man? It's oh, not I'm plus sorry. Two I, I'm not used to this, man. He's There's two numbers. Plus, <laughs> he's a plus one sixty eight underdog. You need your glasses. You, my head is getting right next to that to the screen too. <laughs> Mike's face is like right next to the camera at this point. It's very small numbers. Okay. Um, Michael Chandler uh, lost in that uh, vacant lightweight championship match against. Uh, Chucky Oliveira. Um, Justin Gaethje seemed like he was the odd man out in all those fights that were booked earlier. I don't think we've seen Justin Gaethje fight since he lost that title fight to Khabib. He hasn't in a year. So for someone like Gaethje, that's interesting. You guys mentioned the betting odds. Gaethje a pretty decent. Pretty, Gaethje's a decent favorite. Mike, who you got? Ooh. Um, Mike doesn't like going first. That's why I did this. You see... We've reached that we've reached that point of the year, boys, where I'm going safer with my picks. But in this case, I feel like the safer pick would actually be Michael Chandler. While Justin Gaethje has made a lot of strides, and he's not Homer Simpson versus uh, Tatum um, from The Simpsons anymore when it comes to, to getting hit, I 
still think that Chandler can catch him in this fight. Marcus, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be an interesting card because we can see some movement. I, I'm going to pick Justin. You know, I like both these guys. I, I think they're really evenly matched. What I do like about Justin, at the very least, though, is that we've seen him go the distance. We've seen him in hard-fought fights and him able to kind of keep it up. Um, and we've seen Chandler do that too in Bellator, but you know, you do look at the Oliveira fight. He looked great in that first round. He hurt Oliveira. He almost won it. And then, you know, the second round, everything kind of collapsed on him. So, you know, I think it's good. Like you were saying before, Bobby, like maybe the best fight on the card. I think the two championship fights are also can deliver, but like these three fights are just honestly cut the other two fights. Save me the time because like, this is worth the price of admission. The other two fights are just whatever to kill some time. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Justin, but you know, I'm not going to be surprised if Chandler wins. These, these are two guys that have hard fists that are extremely talented, great wrestlers. Um, they have it all going. So it's really just going to be who shows up, you know, the most prepared. And I think Gaethje's been making those adjustments a little bit better than Chandler has. Chandler definitely not going to be vaccinated. We learned that much. He was waiting for FDA approval and then he's like, I'm just not going to do it. Um, I don't think Gagey's vaccinated either. He just had the good sense to keep his mouth shut, at least. <laughs> That's, that goes a long way nowadays. Like, just shut your trap and don't just make Shut your you. trap. Um, look, I'm taking that Trevor Whitman parlay, baby. Right? And we're going to go three. I'm going, the good... I'm going to Trevor Whitman parlay, all three of them. That's a man. good parlay. You're actually putting money on that because I don't what, Mark, hate it. We both know how much I'm trying to. It's just not going sure, well. You've gone to great lengths to even be able to attempt to I'm, put some I'm working money on, on it. So. We're going to see if my little brother wants to drive into the state of Nevada for me at uh, some point <laughs> this next weekend. He's not that far now. He'll do it. No, he has no car. Is the problem. Okay, well, that, <laughs> that makes things a lot more difficult. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I have, you guys, we've talked about it. I've been the one, you know, talking about Justin Gaethje since he was in World Series of Fighting. I was watching him fight in those rec centers that look like, and I'm like, he's killing people. He does not care what happens to him. Um, I, the only fight I haven't picked him in was against Khabib. Because, come on. Uh, you know, well, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. I'm, I got Justin Gaethje, and I think Justin Gaethje winning, fighting the winner of Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier would be really cool. If it's Dustin, that was a sick fight. Mm-hmm. And he's made adjustments, and Dustin's made adjustments. That'd be a sick fight. I don't think he's fought Oliveira, but at this point, Oliveira hasn't had a boring fight ever. We're like mm-hmm. 20 fights in with this motherfucker. Not one of them has been boring. I just love this weight class. It's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that Trevor Whitman parlay, baby. I'm, I'm going to figure out how much that pays out, too. That's what I'm going to do at some point while we're talking. But um, next fight on the card is we're skipping Shane Burgos and Billy Quarantillo. No disrespect to Shane Burgos or Billy. We just don't, I don't know. We none of us know Billy well enough to do Billy, anything but pick Shane. Time to shine and, and, and get yeah, the, we all think the world of Shane. crew on board. Shane, and we know it's going to be good because Shane fights are good. Shane yeah. throws down. It's going to be a good fight. Um, all five of these fights actually look pretty good. We are picking old man Frankie Edgar, who's going to take off those loafers, you know, take off his comfortable sweater, go down, drive from Tom's River over to Madison Square Garden. And getting a scrap with Marlon Vera, who just seems like a real prick. <laughs> um, him saying that uh, racist stuff about Song Yadong really bummed me out because all of his other prickiness has been really entertaining to me. Um, betting odds for this one. I think I think Edgar's an underdog here, boys, right? Edgar is indeed an underdog at plus 140, and Marlon Cheeto Vera is negative 172. I am a master at reading these lines now. I don't know what Cheeto means in... Uh, Mike, what is Cheeto? Is this a nickname? Does it mean anything? Is he? Is any Brazilian? 
No, he is Ecuadorian. Ah. I know he's not Dominican, but well, that's... a Cheeto is a um is a cheese puff, Bobby. It is good. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Cheeto Veras coming off of a bounce back fight after he lost to Jose Aldo. He beat Davy Grant by decision back in June. Old man Frankie Edgar. I think it's it's been a rough go at it for old man Frankie Edgar. Last one was when he got kneed into oblivion <laughs> back in back in February by uh by Corey Sandhagen. Um it's a long time off for Frankie Edgar. Um I think he okay. Um betting odds for this one. He is the underdog. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, this one's tough. Um I am gonna go with Frankie. I think that's it's a little controversial because he's, 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 <laughs> he's had he's had a tough run, but like I just and and I hate just doing like the MMA math and not having like a more technical analysis of Chino like does why. Dumb shit, man. That's some that's some dumb. Tito will do some Tito will do some dumb shit in a fight and lose. Yeah, just I saying. mean it's really just thinking like I, I'm just looking at you know Edgar's you know last couple fights you know haven't been great, but he's beaten some decent guys, Pedro and uh, Cub Swanson not too long ago. Um, and Marlon Vera just, you know, when he's fought those kind of upper echelon guys, um, you know, hasn't really got it done. So I, I'm picking Frankie, but it's not a strong pick. I'm not confident in it, but it is what it is. Mike, are you picking your, Mark's pick just so you don't have to deal with the consequences? Your simple analysis and your overall just malaise in picking him shows that Frankie Edgar is no longer an upper echelon guy, which you mentioned Marlon Vera has problems with. I'm going with Marla Vera, but let's be real. More importantly, it's because Mark is picking Frankie Edgar and Daddy's trying to get a championship this year. And we're going to have some movement on this. We're going to see yeah. how the cards uh So play. I'll be honest. I don't know at all. I'm just reading the tea leaves here because Frankie is the underdog and hasn't looked good. That being said, Mike is terrible at this. And he's picking Cheeto Vera. So uh, excuse me. We have the exact same win loss record. All three of us. We're Rings, all, we're all Ernie. Up. Rings, Ernie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got one. Mark's got two. All right. Rings, Ernie. <laughs> Mark, I'm not sure you're familiar with the Rings, Ernie meme, but uh, Shaq Ooh. is on Inside the NBA, and whenever Barkley says anything, Shaq just goes, Rings, Ernie. To I get say it. That he's I mean, right. I didn't need to know the yeah. analysis to know, like, we're champions. He's scrubbed. He's doing good this year, but, you know, this is where it falls apart. Look, I have picked Frankie Edgar in so many of these fucking fights, guys. All right? I picked Frankie Edgar in so many fights he doesn't win. So I'm going to take Cheeto Vera. I don't feel good about this at all. Wait. Let me make sure I'm clear about this. Fuck it. I got Cheeto Vera. Let's take Edgar. Take take join join Mark over there so I can take sole possession in the first place. I got Cheeto Vera here, baby. All right. Um, okay. all right um, we're going to pick... Two of our favorite fighters, quite frankly, on this podcast. Stefan not being here for this one's a little upsetting, quite frankly, because this was one of his favorites, absolutely. Bobby Green is back. Bobby Green against my man, Al Iaquinta. Raging. Raging Al. Also the purveyor of, Al, of Alejandro and Espanol Twitter account when he was learning Spanish. <laughs> not sure if it's still there. <laughs> I'm really on fire today making Mike laugh. I've enjoyed this. Um, betting odds for this one. Who's got it? I still have him. Go uh, ahead, buddy. Reginald is a plus 136 underdog, and Ooh. Bobby Green is a negative 168 favorite. Um, did I say, say that, that correctly? Say that again. I don't think I did. 
Did I? Say that one more time. Who's the favorite? Let's try that again. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Take two. Take two. Rage It Out is a plus 136 underdog. And Bobby Greed, Bobby Greed, is a negative 168 favorite. I, at this point in their careers, think Al's better. Like, better ranked, better overall. Has Bobby been on a win streak? That something happened? Like, I'm not nope. trying to be disrespectful here, Bobby Green. <laughs> no, Do you understand where I'm coming from here, Mark? They both bit? have two losses. I'm going to agree with you, Bobby, and I love yeah, Bobby I'm, Green. I, I, I'm taking Rage and Al. I, I, I love Rage and Al. Al. Rage and Al is the most woke fighter in the UFC. I look forward to his grievances with the UFC when this is over. It's going to be provide good podcast material. So I got Rage and Al. Mark, who do you got? <laughs> I hate to do it because I do legitimately like Bobby Green we all a do. lot more than Al Eloquent. I just you've always been on the band. I've never been, you know, look if I'm if I need to buy a house in the tri-state area, maybe I call up Al, <laughs> but otherwise I'm not conversing look, with one second. No, 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 no. One of my ha- tri-state area. He's probably only really good in, in, in Long Island, so you gotta find someone else. Okay. I just I just knew the tri-state area. Was I just realized Mike's trying to buy a house and he didn't call Al. Mike's trying to buy a place to live and he didn't call Ally Quinto. Is what we just re- realized. Here, True. Fair. Good. Point. Um, one of my happiest memories, Mark, is you, me, and Stefan booing Josh Thompson's homophobic ass. All right, Google it, folks. He is um, in San Jose. We were the only three people in that place rooting for Bobby Green. Okay, and it might have been Sacramento. Either way, and Bobby Green won. You heard three people cheering. It was us three. So yeah. we love Bobby Green. Go ahead, though. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Bob. Like, uh, Bobby has really kind of struggled in the UFC, um, and I, I think Al's a, a tough, you know, stylistic fight for him. You know, a good wrestler, someone who's also pretty good at stand up, and, and Bobby's fight style just allows him to be kind of taken advantage with judges. You know, he likes to fight with his hands down. He likes to, he eats kicks and just says, he says nothing hurts. You know, he sh- he'll shake his head probably 50 times in this fight saying nothing hurt, but it's like, it, that's not winning the judges over. So I feel like this fight's going to go to the decision. I feel like Al's going to do just enough in New York. You know, I'm going to put that little caveat out there too, to, to get the judges not here. So I'm going to go with Al, but I kind of hope Bobby would still. Where's Bobby from? Do we know? Probably not New York. I got the wiki up right here. He is from Fontana, California. Oh, he's from LA. Okay. There you not go. a good part. Not a good he's part. A, he's a gangster. Franklin. We know that. We know this dude. Yeah, Bobby has a rough life, man. Yeah, you want to talk about real gangsters? He's yeah. He's real I mean, gets, I mean, but... look. To be clear, if Bobby Green wins, I'll be very, perfectly happy with it. You know, West Coast, Best Coast. Mm. But you know, Al's my guy right now, and I think he's just I don't know, he's just better. I don't I don't understand this betting line. I feel I missed something. I know he hasn't fought in a while, but I feel I missed something. Because his losses are to Dan Hooker and Donald Cerrone, which the Donald one's not great, but who the fuck are these people Bobby Green lost to? Like, who is Rafael Fizeo and Tiago Tiago Moises? I recognize the name, at least. Yes, those are guys that beat Bobby Green, apparently, but that's... (laughs) that's His most relevant recent win is Lando Venata. How isn't... How isn't... I can say a black belt yet under Matt Serra. He might be. Wikipedia may may not be updated. Like in fairness. Yeah, they don't just give those belts away, Mike. You got to earn it. Ma- okay? Isn't Matt I mean, Sarah? Wasn't Matt Sarah like the first? Thirty-four years old. Matt Sarah was the first American uh, 
under Henzo. Under Henzo. To whatever, he's got, he's got a brother. sub Sarah, and he just can't do it, Mike. He's trying to tap him out. Sarah just gets fatter. He's been a meatball rolling around the <laughs> Matt Terror. It's a thick <laughs> neck to get around. It's stubby arms to try to I, By the way, Matt, I, I love you, Matt, even though you blocked us on Twitter. Um, we You're still the, one of my favorite fighter interactions ever when we met you. I'm sorry. Why, why did he block us? What did you or Stefan do? It was me. I didn't okay. tag the podcast, his podcast, so he was definitely doing some vanity searching, um, where I shit on the UFC unrestricted podcast pretty heavily. Uh, this you was called like state radio. That was a great. I called it state run radio. Game. I called it state run radio. Yeah, I didn't come up with that. I definitely stole that from Ben Folks. Um, I honestly, I should I should sign up for the co-main event po- uh, podcast Patreon just so I feel better about how much I talk about their podcast. Sure, you should do that and then take the good bits and sprinkle them on yeah. over here. Our listeners no, but come on, man. Know, so. I mean, this was right around when like Ariel got kicked out and yada, sure, sure, yada, sure, yada, sure, yada. Sure, so, sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, love it. I love Matt Sarah. Um, Mike, who do you got? Oh, I'm going with Rage now. It's New York all day. All of a sudden, bet on black doesn't apply with Mike, huh? <laughs> Mike doesn't understand. Not, so real talk. Does anybody understand this betting line? I, don't, I understand if it's close, but like, I was, I was a little, the favorite. I was a little taken back too because they both are coming off two losses. I have to imagine like Bobby's been pretty active in 2020. He's been in a more active fighter. Yeah, one fight in 2021. Yeah, one hmm? fight in 2021. He had he had four fights in 2020 and one fight in 2021. So like 2021 is out okay. of the, but like. Al hasn't fought since 2019, so I, I have to imagine that's it. A little ring well, rust. Because Al takes but... the pandemic seriously, folks. That's why Al takes the pandemic sure. seriously. Um, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I thought a betting line was going to be like what we saw with uh, Gaethje and Chandler. I thought about close to like 200 for Al is what I expected, but whatever. Um, anything else relevant on this card you guys want to point out uh, besides the return of Edmund Shabazian? He's still very young. There's still a lot of promise there. He probably needs a better coach. I, summarize well? I, I hear his head movement is off the chain, though. Uh, Phil Hawes is pretty good. Ooh, I actually saw one here I'm a little interested in. Is it the return of Jean Volante at heavyweight? It's the <laughs> other side, Bobby. That really got me. This is my boy, Chris oh, Barnett. They have Chris Barnett. Is Chris Barnett the UFC before? Yeah, he fought He fought Ben Bed and Rothwell and got his ass kicked. And I guess it was like short notice. So I was like, please give this guy another shot because he is really fun. So I'm actually interested in that fight. This is the guy that's as tall as me, right? That's yeah. that heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He used to fight in Korea under um. God, I don't know what they're like. I want to. I, I know it's not one FC, but they have like another like Seoul Road Seoul FC. Yes, yes Road, yes, F- Road FC. Good call. It was Road FC, and I. I mean, he's a short. He's the fucking huggy bear, Mark. I remember you were talking about I mean, exactly. <laughs> there's no getting around it. Fat as fuck, but like a dude's got energy and goes after it. And I love it. And like the Ben Rothwell fight was like, oh man, like that was a bad matchup for him. He needs kind of, I mean, a, a, a John Volante is kind of the caliber that he's going to shine with. You know, he's not going to be a title contender, but he's a fun watch. So I'm interested. I'm gonna... I think John is like an all-American wrestler. It's time to dust that off, buddy. Yeah, same, this is, that that one interests me. So yeah, that's the only everything else is. Dude, I, I'm excited now, man. I was I didn't know the Huggy Bear. I I just saw. Yeah. It. I'm like, wait, that is the Huggy Bear. Yeah. So that's great. Um, that's pretty cool. This card is pretty great. Um, and then uh, I'm sure the UFC is gonna be shoveling shit towards us after. Well, they're not. Never mind. The week after is Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. What happened, man? The fight that the, the quarterly numbers need to be good this year, huh? We gotta we gotta backload December and November. Um, all right, folks, let's do stuff we like. Um, I don't know what the fuck I watched. I'm trying to think what it would have been. Mark, right, you go well, first. Right, Mike, Mark, you go first. Mike, you go ahead. Right. Cool. Got it. 
so one thing I wanted to mention last week, but honestly, I just completely forgot about it. And I was kind of mad at myself on Tuesday when I realized I didn't bring this up is I didn't mention my scoot scoot, my uh, electronic scooter. Um, I bought Mark, it. Are you, on the lip on the, are you in a loop on the scoot scoot yet? I don't I don't think I I hadn't inundated the it's an amazing group chat with my scoot scoot updates. So this is the first time Mark's hearing me weirdly call it a scoot scoot, which I've already said three times. Scoot, yeah, that's scoot, his name now. Times. Yeah, that's the name now. So, yeah, so I I bought an electronic scooter about two weeks ago now. I've been putting it off for about three or four months because as a responsible adult, what I like to do now with big irresponsible purchases, I like to put them off for a month or two to really determine, do I really want to blow all this money on this bullshit? Sure, right? good, yeah. And after three to four months, um, the what really pushed me to buy it was that our boss told us, hey, you need to come into the office now uh, three days a week or two days a week. He actually said two days a week. We gave him three because, you know, we're nice like that. But when I realized, all right, well, I'm going to be coming into the office three days a week now. I don't live terribly far from um, from around where, where I work. So I figured, well, you know, um, I don't want to take the train. So while I still can, I might as well, you know, take advantage of this and, you know, just using the electric electronic scooter to, to get to work um it costs about 500 fi about 500 dollars after taxes and stuff and the first day was scary because even though it's a pretty slow scooter with a top speed of about 12 or 13 miles per hour that first day when it's just like a little piece of metal under you and you're going that fast you're like holy fuck this is fast but now I've gotten used to it and it is fucking awesome, man. Like it's 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 one of the best purchases that I think I've made in many years. Honestly, uh, I, wa I wanted to make fun of you about it, but I, I think it's awesome. I would I would love to have one of those. Can if I there was a way to make fun of him about it. Huh? Can I no, chime in? No, no, you will. Give me a second. I'll let you do that. If, if I can get like a little sidecar for a dog somehow on this little thing, I think it'd be awesome. That's what I want to know, Mike. Go. I, I'm, I don't want to rain on your parade. If this is something that you love. Hey, you can rain, man. I, I love this. I don't but, care. So we're talking scooter. I'm trying to visualize. Are we talking? A razor with a motor. Okay. That's, that's not the cool. I was hoping for Vespa is a little bit cooler. So ah. my, my main my main question really is because um, I know someone that, that rides one of those uh, ones, the one wheel kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Why? Why go with Gizmo the, Duck bullshit? Yeah, whatever. I don't know what those things are called, but it has like one. No, but no, he's, and... he's, he's making a fucking reference to uh, Ducktales. Ducktail, Ducktales. Yeah, no, it's a Gizmo Duck thing. Yeah, that one. That, I've yeah. seen, I see someone already riding around that with that too. Yeah. I mean, that seems like the new up and up. So I, I just want to know, like, because and I think you know, like, to be honest, like I, I think those raise the the like razors with the motor. I thought. I always thought they were kind of cool, but then like uh, they had all those Renta ones in San Francisco, and everyone was like, "Fuck this shit!" And I was like, "Okay, you're not gonna touch that with a ten foot pole." They always <laughs> seem fun, but I was like, "Oh, I, I can't ride this without becoming like a pariah in the city." Um, I'm guessing New York doesn't have that problem, but it sounds cool, man. As long as and, you, and so, so I guess are you on the sidewalk? Are you bike lane? Like where do you ride it to get to work? So I ride it on the bike lane. Okay. Um, so I'll normally, uh, when I'm going to work, I'll, I'll shoot down on 2nd Ave. So, cause there's a dedicated bike lane basically all the way down to 56, um, nice. where, where my job is. 
Um, so yeah, normally I'm going faster than regular bicycles, um, slower than the e-bikes that also use the bike lane. So I'm pretty much going right in the middle. Um, one good thing about the bike lanes is, uh, when you're riding on one of those, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're pretty safe. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, a possible car sideswiping you, but you know, that's, that's the case with a bicycle as well. So that's not really too big a change for me. Um, the one big thing I do that a lot of people on electronic scooters don't do is that I don't care for the style. I always wear a helmet. And when safety you, first, bro. And when you've got an afro, let me tell you, that is a uh, sacrifice. Yo, man, I was fucking. I remember four years of riding a bicycle in uh, Davis, California. Not wearing a helmet like a dumbass. None of us wore helmets, so smart, smart of you to wear one. I mean, especially in New York, man. Like those streets can be oh, crazy. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, like, like you know, like yeah, multiple you have a lane. messenger deaths a year, isn't it? Like a like you get like you hear about it a lot. Isn't that yeah. what happens? Yeah. Yeah. So I want an e-bike. So yeah, e- I didn't know e-bikes can ride. Can still ride in the bike lane though. That, that intrigues Ooh. me. I'm... Oh, last dude, question. It's... Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Uh, how are you charging it? Can you charge? Because like I was thinking the other day, like you know, if I got like an electronic uh car. I don't have a house. I have an apartment. How the fuck would I charge this thing besides going to charge stations? I mean, can you just bring this into your house and just plug it into a wall outlet? Or do you have to just go to somewhere special? Or So this is definitely smaller than an electronic car. For sure. Um, so I am able to bring it into my house. And I am able to charge it through a wall socket. How long does it take? So if it's at zero, if it's at like zero percent power, it might take two hours maybe to charge. What is your That's battery not bad life? at all? Yeah, what is the battery life on this thing? Um, I rode it out to Queens on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. I did about five miles, and um, when I got to the bar I was going to, it was at like twenty five percent after five miles. So, let's say maybe a range of about seven, seven and a half miles. Okay, is there is it possible to swap the battery out? There is. Um, there's actually a uh, supplemental battery that uh, I have a Segway Kick Scooter E22, mm-hmm. um, and there is an ex- uh, like a an, I don't know exactly what it's called, but I guess in like an external battery pack that mm-hmm. those types of scooters have that it extends the range by like double, and it also increases uh, your top speed by about three or four miles per hour. So you're gonna get that? I'm, I'm probably gonna get it. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm keeping this. Amazon has a very liberal return policy, so I thought, well, you Especially know, especially this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, so it's even longer. So I also bought it thinking, well, if I don't absolutely love it, I will return it. I absolutely love it, so I'm probably gonna sink another two hundred bucks to get uh, the uh, extended battery. Seems I think that's it. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think Marcus, if you got a car, I've, I've thought I've had that conversation. I think my next car, I think it's got to be some sort of plug-in something. Yeah, it maybe. just seems like we're headed that way. But like, I, I pay, I'm paying seventy five dollars for fucking gas. Yeah, I can't my do this my, my dad has like a plug-in car, and he's like, oh yeah, you you know they, they install like a plug-in thing to your house. But I was like, well, I don't I don't live in a fucking house. I mean, yeah, I that was my brother's house. issue. Like, How the hell am I going to charge this thing? I got to find a station, and oh, I hate all these fucking. Uh, Tesla motherfuckers that take up all these spots over by Target and shit, yeah. and they're just sitting there all day waiting to charge their cars. And I'm like, dude, get out of here! People got to shop here. Is uh, is my brother had that problem because he lived in an apartment when he got his Tesla, yeah. and um, he used to just charge it when he come to my parents' house, 
And remember we talked about it. He's like, there's a outlet near my spot in the apartment building. He says, but who pays for that? Does it just go towards HOA? Like, what happens? And I'm like, I don't want to be that asshole. There is someone, one of my neighbors has got an electric bike, and his parking spot is below his balcony, and this motherfucker just throws a cable down. Yeah, and nice. I was just like, no, that's the way to do it. <laughs> that's the way to Isn't do it. Isn't there like a homeowner's association? Should they be like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, our HOA, <laughs> yeah, let me shit, tell you, cords. <laughs> our HOA said there's you can't have a dog bigger than 25 pounds. And let me tell you, I mean... My dog's 22 pounds, but the last dog Wait, we had in this house was not 25 pounds. That, your dog, like, all right, maybe I, I guess never assumed how much dogs weigh, but your dog is only, is like barely 25 pounds. Like, your dog's so that small. Big. She's, yeah, she's actually like kind of lanky for what she is. But yeah, she's, Mark's dog's huge. Mark's dogs are like 60 pounds, 70 pounds, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, Zena's a little around 80 and Sadie's yeah. around like 40 or so. Yeah, so. It's, it's, it's like a fucking like ten year old, you know. That's what he got going on over there. Um, so you got that's what you got. Anything else, Mike? This week? Um, no, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Congrats, Marcus. Let's let's end with you because mine is not that interesting. I don't think I realized. Right. So I purchased. Oh, well, might be interesting to some people. I purchased the Google Pixel Pro Six. Oh, uh, that's right. The the latest and greatest smartphone that is apparently hard to get. Um, cases are impossible to get. I ran into that problem because Google sent me the wrong case, sent me the case for the Google 6, Pixel 6. I have a Pixel 6 Pro, so I had to buy some janky-ass case from Amazon that's going to have to hold me over. Um, it appears the Google phones previously had not sold as well as this one. Um, so there was, a, there was not as really as many manufacturers prepared with cases. This is Google's first attempt at a premium, I think, premium phone possibly ever. And they really fucking went for it, man. This thing's got 12 gigabytes of RAM in it. There's like five cameras. It's got a 50 megapixel bitch on this thing. Um, there's just a lot going on with this. It is so fast. Um, there, I, I, there, I'm not thrilled with a lot of developments in the way we're going with cell phones where like I'm not a professional photographer. And obviously if I'm referring to this as professional photography, I'm wrong, but I don't need this level of camera in a phone. It's cool. Um, I also think removing the fingerprint scanner from the back of the phone to the front in the screen is fucking stupid. Mike's got a look on his face because Mike's, Mike's was team Samsung too. Um, I've gotten used to it, Mike. I'll be honest with you because it's a matter of like, instead of like your pointer finger to unlocking it, you just use your thumbs like to unlock it. Um, battery so, life uh, is essentially, great. Essentially like what iPhone users do. I don't think it's on the screen with iPhones, is it? I thought it's on the thing. I don't know. I don't. I'm not an iPhone person. I think it's kind of like on the bottom of the thing. Yeah, I this one's literally like, I guess like maybe like from the bottom, maybe like twenty percent up is where it is, and it's just a matter of like just getting your thumbs and stuff scanned in there. It's nice to be running pure Android. This is the stuff for the tech people. Pure Android runs great on it. Android 12 is really cool, um, just visually. Um, I immediately abandoned the whole gesture thing where they're like, okay, instead of a back button, you swipe a bunch of fucking places. I'm putting buttons. I need I need those on-screen buttons. I need a back button. I need the multiple apps button. I need the home button. That's how I operate with these phones. So um, I really like it though. I'm a, you know, I buy a lot of Google stuff. Doesn't mean I'm always think they're good. I've had a lot of shitty Google products too. You know, this one doesn't seem half-baked. It's nice that they put some effort into it. Um, and if you're not, if you're just looking for a phone and I don't think you necessarily need to get the Pixel 6 Pro, 
because the regular one is 600 bucks the pro was 900 and i'm i was looking for a specked out monster phone that's why i went for the 900 the 600 pixel 6 is a hell of a deal hell of a deal i'm pretty much just talking to mike at this point though i don't think mike's ready to cave yet but i mike's enjoying team samsung um they also abandoned the rear fingerprint scanner for the next one mike just letting you know um awesome. so yeah yeah just just ruining shit no thing no micro sd slots or anything um i need to get a 5g sim card i tried but my t-mobile store was useless couldn't get it done t-mobile in general is trash folks you could we can all do better um but yeah it's a good phone i got real no complaints about it so far um just the fingerprint scanner thing just took me a little bit to get used to um but i have like there's certain things on it like bedtime mode where like only certain people can call you if it's during certain hours your phone goes like black and white almost to conserve battery if you do use it to encourage you to get proper sleep there's some cool stuff in here but yeah if you're if you're a tech person eight the reviews are accurate of what you're reading about it's really fast the fingerprint scan fingerprint sensor is a little bit eh. but yeah marcus what do you got this week mm-hmm yeah, not a ton on the docket. I can't think there's any like particular show or movie that we watched that was, you know, anything. I to thought you watched Squid about. Game with Stefan. What happened? To watch what? Oh, I watched oh, the first you- episode. Um, I mean, and Mike and Mike Mike's watched the whole thing. So I'll just say this: like, it took a while for that first episode to like grab me in any way. Because I, I mean, purposely, like the characters are kind of like not super likable. So it's just like. I'm watching this asshole yeah. for a long time being an asshole, and it's just like, I don't care if this guy joins like the murder squad game. I can give a shit, kill them all, whatever. Um, but by the end, I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I, I want to watch more, but it wasn't... I-, I think what my hope was, because Stefan has been, you know, and a lot of people have been you know, raving about the show and saying how good it is, and personally, for like me and Christine, neither of us individually have a big desire to watch it, so a lot of our intentions to watch is just purely based off of like high recommendations from people. So, you know, I, I, this weekend I hung out with Steph for a while and he's like, okay, why don't you come over? We'll get some food and we'll, we'll watch the first episode of Squid Game. And I was like, that's perfect. That's a good excuse for me to see it. And then once it wins me over, then I'll be like, oh, Christine, like this show's awesome. You're going to like it. Let's start watching it immediately. And I think we're still going to watch. I still want to watch more of it, but I was kind of hoping it kind of just like really just dug its heels into me and just really got me excited for it. And it, didn't quite do that like i'm still intrigued i want to see where it goes and i'm definitely going to watch it still at some point but i was kind of hoping it kind of would blow my socks off and i'd just be like like when i got home with like christine i know we want to watch other stuff for halloween or whatever but like we're gonna take time out to watch this and i don't quite have that strong of feelings on it do you have a question Bob? no oh no okay didn't know if you were raising your hand to, to throw in something um so yeah um Hopefully, I will we'll watch in the next couple of weeks and we can talk about it on the show or whatever. Because, you know, that SEO, people love to talk about that Squid Game. Um, well, well, I think we're late on that already. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. That, 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 we need something that else train, to come out, guys. That train has passed. We're a not while talking ago. about the Chappelle thing. We're not doing the Squid Game stuff. We're just old, man. Yeah, we watch we're at we the loop. I mean, not, not Mike. Mike's watched it. So, um, But what, what I did, you know, get to enjoy this week and enjoy quite a bit um, was the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, this was a game that I personally was really excited for when they first announced it. The general consensus of the video gamers online was very negative about this game. Like these characters look like knockoffs. They look like the cheap, you know, action figures you'd find in some like third rate grocery store with, you know, not the right character names or whatever. It, it got a lot of flack. And 
I personally didn't really see that when I was watching trailers leading up to him. I was like, this game seems fun. Like the characters seem like they have like their own thing going on. It, it's definitely going for, you know, kind of a comedic styling, which doesn't always land. But like, I thought it, I leading up to it, I was impressed and excited for it. When the reviews came out last week, which I talked about on the show, they were very, you know, positive about the game. And a lot of people were surprised about how good it was. Um, so getting into it myself, like I'll say like, this is a narrative driven game. So the main focal point is the story that's going on and the characters. So like, if that's something that you're not super drawn into to games, like this game's not going to do it for you. Like the combat itself, I think is fun and interesting how you kind of play a star Lord. You get abilities for the other characters, but you're kind of just telling them what to do and like what attacks to do when um, kind of like a final fantasy seven, but not even that engaging. So like the combat itself has been fine, but nothing to write home about. And it's really just been about the characters and, what I have found interesting is I'm not super familiar with Guardians of the Galaxies in the comics, but I knew enough about it to know like the MCU definitely changed some stuff. And one thing I kind of I, I learned early on about Star Lord, like his whole shtick is that like he has this gun, and this gun can do a bunch of crazy shit. Like it can do a bunch of elemental damage and do a bunch of like ice rays and electricity, whatever. And that was kind of its like big spiel. And the the video game kind of plays, I guess, off more of the comics. And even knowing that, like, there's some things they mentioned Thanos and what happened to him that's very different from the movies. So there's a there's enough different here that you're not going to be like, oh, they're just retreading the movies or whatever. And again, I think the characters are just written really well. I I've heard people complain like, oh, the voice acting. I wish they would have gotten the MCU people to reprise the roles, and I really don't see that. I think the the voice acting's pretty good. I feel like one thing that that is either going to win you over or just annoy the shit out of you is there's a lot of banter um over the course of the last couple generations especially in these narrative driven games like uncharted or last of us the developers do a lot of character building while you're exploring or walking around and the characters will just kind of banter back and forth and this game has the most banter i've ever heard in a game like normally in these type of games i would wait for the characters to stop conversing until I like go into the next checkpoint or do the next story thing. But at this point, like they don't stop. Like in the first time you're kind of exploring your ship, like I was pulling, exploring it for 20 minutes and they kept saying different shit. Like they did not stop lines and Mike dropped the bottle. Don't worry. You didn't break anything in your house when you were listening to this. Um, but yeah, I, I've been really <laughs> impressed with just like how much writing has gone in this game. Cause they're just like, they keep going. Like, I'm surprised. Like I'm like looking around stuff. Like okay, I, I looked at everything, and they're still talking about shit. Or I'll be exploring a thing and just like going off into the hidden corners to find stuff, which I think is they do a really weird thing where like the game is very linear. Like you kind of know the path you're supposed to take, and then there's little side paths that have little extra you know collectible things or materials to upgrade, and. You know, most gamers, we're always going to pick the path that's not the main path and see what's on the. And the game calls you out on it all the time because it, it messes with this narrative kind of complexity of like where your character knows you're supposed to go right, but you're going to go left because you know you're supposed to go right. And if you go left, if you don't go left now, you're not going to be able to go left later. You're not going to be able to pick up whatever that is. So a lot of times, the characters say like, "Oh, don't don't go left. It's a dead end." And then you go there to find the thing. And it's like. Why'd you do that? I told you it's a dead end. Now you're wasting time and you're walking back and you're like, they kind of call you out on it. And it's a weird, weird dichotomy being 
either are you going to role play this game and I'm going to be Star Lord and I'm going to go right because that's the way I know I'm supposed to go, or am I going to be the gamer and I'm going to go left because I want to see if there's another costume or a pickup over there. And the game calling you out on it Always is just kind of a weird Always thing be to be like, I don't know what you want me to do. You're kind of punishing me in a way by you want to going the side in the side path. Huh? You got to do the side quests, man. Yeah, I'm not, the side not even side quests. Because like, like I said, it's a very linear game. Like you're always kind of knowing you're going to the set path to do this thing. There's not a lot of like, oh, you talk to this character and you're going to do this completely different thing in a different area. It's really like, okay, you're supposed to go this way, but there's a path this way. So you're going to go there and check it out. And it's like, of course I am. I don't want to miss out. There's lots of hidden costumes I want to hopefully find. So I'm always going to go that way. So it's, it's interesting when the characters kind of call you out like, dude, you're going the wrong way. Why are you wasting our time? And then he's like, oh, I'm exploring or whatever. I, I, it's interesting. They, they do a lot with the writing. So I feel like if you're the type of gamer that is like gameplay first, this game's not going to be a lot to write home about. I, I do think the battle system is fun and engaging and at times challenging. I'm not super far into it, but like there's definitely been a couple battles where it's like, okay, I kind of need to focus a little bit more and kind of realize what's going on and, and work with the abilities that I have at any given time and kind of have synergy between my characters. Um, but the driving force is the story, and I've really been enjoying it. So yeah, I've had a great time with Guardians, and I'm looking forward to completing it. Um, and, you know, and once it's done, I don't know if I'll go back. There is lots of choices you make. I don't know how much it changes the story, but you know, in a couple of years, if I get the itch again, it, it could be fun to go back. But I've really been enjoying it. It's definitely been one of the games I was most anticipated for this year, and I've been having a blast playing it. So that's it. All right. I'd be remiss before we left, Mike, if I didn't mention... Hangman Page dressed as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on AEW made me laugh so much. One of the most entertaining wrestling matches I have ever watched, top to bottom. And I'm so happy that I didn't go take a shower mm-hmm. when that main event started because my plan was, I'm going to go take a shower, whatever. It's like a four-man tag team. How, how entertaining is this going to be? And it was very entertaining. Yeah, we had a Halloween uh, match with uh, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and the Kenny Omega versus the Dark Order. Um, we know how much Kenny likes uh, dressing up Halloween when it comes mm-hmm. to wrestle. I think he did uh, Sans was the character's name one year for. Um, okay. Wasn't even yeah. that, was this, is that the, the big white hat? White. Yeah, I'm trying to what the stupid game is called. Underworld? from. Yes. Underworld. Yes. I yeah, don't know. Something you, like out that. of the two Wasn't of us, Underworld, the, the uh, vampire movie with Kate Beckinsale. Okay, well, he did that. Another time, him and the Bucks dressed as uh, Ken Ryu, and um, he was Akuma, if I'm not mistaken. That was another time. Um, so Kenny likes to do. This. So they all, the Bucks, Kenny, and Adam Cole came out dressed as the Ghostbusters. Nice. And the Dark Order was not as organized. One of them was Kratos. The other one was just a cowboy. Um. What uh, I forgot what everybody else was dressed. One as. of them, uh, John Silver, was a uh, was he, he was Bambi. He was Bambi. That was okay. good. <laughs> so Mark, Mark, the, the gimmick here was that they thought that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was their own stooge. The Bucks did, but mm-hmm. it was really the Hangman dressed as it. So when Hangman took off the hat, oh, okay. and people realized it was see. him. Hangman is the most over babyface in this company by a country mile. People lost their fucking minds, and I've never seen a man beat up a beat up a Ghostbuster <laughs> dressed as a Save Up Marshmallow Man, <laughs> and he couldn't get the costume totally off, so he's stomping around the ring with his fucking costume at his feet. <laughs> it was, I'll say it, I say it every week. It's not that AEW is perfect. It's just 
Seems like everybody's having a good time, man. <laughs> uh, let's, let's also not forget Michael Nakazawa as a baby. That was good, too. He dressed as a baby because Adam Cole was out there. That was fun. Um, all right. We're going to be back next week. We're going to see if we got ourselves a new champion either at Strawweight or at uh, Welterweight. Welter. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if the, the likely number one contender, though I have a hard time believing Michael Chandler gets an immediate title shot mm-hmm. if he wins yeah. this. But then again... Then again, Gagey's coming off a of one loss too in a title fight, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna, and then we're gonna preview. Quite frankly, um, I'm gonna see the best of the rest of this card before I get too positive. All right, rest of the cards trash. We're gonna talk about Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez, which is just on paper. I can't think of mm-hmm. more fun than that, Mark. If I'm being honest, yeah, that's a great main event. Co-main event does have our our, our guy Ben Rothwell though. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Um, it's not a good card beyond that. We're back. They're back to shoveling shit to us, guys. All right. Nice. <laughs> the week after that is the week after that is a five rounder between Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate. Yeah, right? my my shit shovel has been polished for these last couple of weeks, so I'm I'm ready to go back in there with my boots and start shoveling. You know some what? Shit in a couple weeks, <laughs> in a couple of weeks, we get Rob Font versus Jose Aldo, and the rest of the card is trash there too. Good lord, try UFC just a little bit harder, just a little harder, okay? We should only we, this podcast should just be about the pay per views, and then in between fights, we just pick something else to talk about. <laughs> Lots of tournaments. All What's right, guys, thank cereal? you all. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, we hope some of you have returned now that there's real fights. But if we do, didn't I get it too bad? It is what it is. Um, I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Shout out to our boy Kid Presentable. We see y'all next week. Peace out. Goodbye. See ya.